Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Absolutely massive show we have for you today. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor Hansen joining us in the third hour, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about this next story. John Bowne has made this. It's called Border Apocalypse. You can find and share it at band.video. Let's watch. They're all contributing to organized crime by paying large sums of money to be brought in here. And to give you an example, uh, the Chinese are paying 50000 the Indians are paying ten to 20000 all the Central Americans, the average is about 7000 So, and the Mexicans, uh, uh, especially Southern Mexico, are paying 3000 So, it's a huge, huge uh, money event for the cartels, uh, probably even more lucrative than the drug business. As we talk to some of these uh, asylum seekers, they're waiting for May 11th. May 11th, they believe, will be the day that they become, without any documentation, they can come into the United States. Back in 2019, South Texas Border Volunteers founder Dr. Michael Vickers had already declared the invasion of his property and neighboring properties a war. Four years later, the situation has become an apocalypse. How have things escalated? Oh, it's unbelievable. What's happened, uh... The groups have gotten bigger. Uh, the people are coming from more countries now, uh, from Africa, from China, from all over the planet. And uh, their disposition has changed. They're more combative. And uh, when we encounter them, uh, they, they want to put up a fight. And they're being led by gang members. We're seeing a lot of repeat people coming in. They can't give up for amnesty. They've been previously deported. They've got criminal records from the countries they come from or from here. And those are the type of people that we're encountering now. Uh, one of our operations a year or two ago where there were 24 Guatemalans in it. They cut the gate on a pipeline 10 miles off the highway, and there were probably 24 in it. We were able to get air support, get the Border Patrol in there to get them apprehended. We had a guy with a rifle leading a group of 33 Chinese. And our guys stepped out from here to there. They, they were right on the trail. The guy almost ran over them, and we got the drop on him. He ran over two of them, jumped in the fence, took off. We never caught him, but we were able to get 29 of them on that night. All Chinese. And all of them at that time were paying 40 to 50. Do they speak English really well? We had one group of 16. There were three girls in there from China. All the rest were Middle East, and they spoke perfect English. Horrific personal stories like that of Texas Gulf Coast War on Fentanyl founder Sarah Chittum should serve as a wake-up call to the exponential tragedies many more Americans will face. As a mom who lost her only biological son, I often wondered, what is my purpose now? He um, was in and out of trouble quite a bit, and I was the epitome of a tough love mother. So at about age 19, he ended up getting kicked out of my home. He went to live with a childhood friend, and during that time, there, a home invasion occurred. 
The people that broke into the home did not realize that my son was home, and the man put my son in a headlock and told the girlfriend to shoot him. The girlfriend opened fire on my son and emptied her entire clip into him. My son had to spend over a month in ICU during COVID where he could have no visitors, meaning during the most painful, shattered time in his life, I couldn't be there. And when he got out of the hospital, he feared. He feared for his life. Seth had never received justice for being shot. And he feared that the couple would come after him to finish the job. I'm sure he wanted just a little bit of mental relief. So he bought a pill from somebody he called family. Got it. That just means to worse. me that he trusted this Honestly, guy. Suffering beyond human comprehension. And it's just getting started, folks. Again, that video is on Bandod Video. Biden's border apocalypse is imploding America. We'll talk about that as, as bad as it's been before. It's about to get a hell of a lot worse. More on the other side when we do your daily dispatch. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. It's Thursday, May 4th, year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith, Infowars.com, band.video. Here we go to share these links. We have a just very, very big show for you today. We're going to take your calls in the second hour. In the third hour, we'll be joined by Taylor Hansen. For the last year or so, has been on a crusade to expose the child abuse that goes on drag queen story time and has recently come out with a bombshell compilation substack article, Twitter thread, just collating all of it, see it all at once. And it's well, it's horrifying. We'll talk to him in the third hour about all of that. We are, again, just going to try to take the widest angle view possible as we discuss all of these issues, every one of which deserves hours of interpretation and investigation. But instead, we'll try to, we'll try to zoom out, take that bird's eye view, and see how all of these various parts come together, fit together. The jigsaw puzzle of the anti-human globalist New World Order agenda. We'll break it down today, and I'm glad you're with us to do so. Let's begin today, as we do every day, with our Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Thursday, the 4th of May, 2023. EU backs Dutch scheme to forcibly shut down thousands of farms and also ban farmers from returning to agriculture forever. It's worse than we even thought. The European Commission in Brussels has backed a scheme by the globalist government of Prime Minister Mark Rutte in the Netherlands that would see thousands of farms shut down in order to comply with EU climate goals, supposedly. And we'll get into this. We're going to spend a lot of time on this today and talk about what the real purpose behind some of these measures are but continuing with the breitbart story on tuesday the governing arm of the european union officially threw its support behind plans by the dutch government to buy out thousands of farmers from their land in order to meet the eu's natura 2000 scheme 
to protect certain environments. The plan, which would offer farmers 120% of the value of their farm, could see some 3,000 so-called peak emitters of nitrogen shut down. It was unclear before this week whether the EU would permit such a scheme as it could have potentially fallen afoul of regulations surrounding state aid or subsidies. However, Brussels said that the plans were necessary and appropriate as they met the broader goals of the European Green New Deal. Green Deal. Quote, the positive effects transcends any distortions of the free market, the statement says. Is it legal? Maybe. They're going to do it anyway. Is it in line with the democratic ideals of the European Union that we are now currently trundling towards World War III ostensibly to protect? No, of course not. In fact, in the latest Dutch elections, the pro-farming party scored a massive unexpected victory and has taken large part control of the Dutch government. But this is what globalism is all about. Hey, when you can't get it on the national level, impose it from the super supranational level. And again, we'll get very into that story a little bit later. Really breaking down what it's all really about. It's all pretty obvious. It's called the Tri-State City Initiative from the World Economic Forum. It's the forcible reorganization of Western society as a whole where they will either buy out or in some other me- by some other method uh, forcibly reappropriate farmlands from small scale family farms so that they can all be centralized into massive just absolutely disgusting factory farming programs or of course just the elimination of meat entirely as they force the world's population to subsist on a diet of seaweed and bugs and lab grown meat Moving on, another story that we'll again get very into later in the show. Shocking video shows NYC subway passenger putting unhinged man in deadly chokehold. Dramatic new video shows a strap hanger taking matters into his own hands, pinning down an unhinged man in a deadly incident at a Manhattan subway station this week. The 24-year-old passenger stepped in after the vagrant, identified by sources as Jordan Neely, began going on an aggressive rant on a northbound F train Monday afternoon, according to police and witness who took the video. Quote, he starts to make a speech. He starts screaming in an aggressive manner. He said he had no food, had no drink. He was tired and doesn't care if he goes to jail. He started screaming all these things, took off his jacket, threw it on the ground, uh, basically was just going insane and was then held down and restrained by not just one but three other passengers on the subway. He eventually died as he continued to struggle in the chokehold, cut off air to his brain. Now there have been a number of developments in this case a massive lynch mob has now on the hunt for the subway hero who restrained this man and are demanding so-called justice for this guy jordan neely also it's been revealed it's no less than 40 charges uh on his rap sheet he's been convicted of 40 different crimes and was currently out on uh, not out on bail, but, but wanted, and there was a warrant out for his arrest, questioning for an assault. And apparently he routinely pushed people onto subway tracks. Uh, that, of course, the type of upstanding citizen that our entire civilization is being reorganized to serve. 
Again, we'll get into that and we'll tell you all the dirty details of it later in the show. Meanwhile, U.S. braces for border chaos with Title 42 set to expire next week. U.S. braces for border chaos. It's like somebody in the deep end of a pool worried about getting wet. It is like somebody, this is like somebody on Noah's Ark going, I think maybe I need an umbrella. It's totally insane. We already are experiencing an influx of migrants in the many, many millions. And this is with the Title 42 provision that allows authorities to use COVID-19 as an excuse to actually enforce our border laws. Well, now that's ending May 11th, and there are hundreds of thousands of migrants poised on the border ready to rush over as soon as that provision ends, which I'd like to remind you means that they are not asylum seekers or refugees. If you are able to just hang out in your home country or in another country just waiting for the political atmosphere of America to become such that you can walk in unhindered, you are not a desperate fleeing asylum seeker. You are an invader and a criminal. But don't worry, Biden is sending 1,500 troops to make sure that the process of their invasion goes as smoothly as possible. Again, we'll report on that. And we are uh, in talks with some of the people on the ground about what's going on in El Paso and elsewhere along the border. We'll bring you those reports later in the show. U.S. announces $300 million in additional security assistance package for Ukraine. The United States on Wednesday announced USD $300 million in security assistance for Ukraine against Russia's war, according to a statement released by the State Department. State Secretary Anthony Blinken said in a statement, We will continue to stand with our Ukrainian partners as they defend themselves from Russia's war of aggression. That will be another topic later in the show, the headlong charge towards World War III and whether – what we're fighting for actually exists. As we'll point out, it doesn't. As many stories in the docket that we'll cover today show just the absolutely, uh, undebatably undemocratic way that Europe and America operate, whether it's the Irish hate speech laws or the Dutch farming expropriation or the 15 minute cities. In England, every single one of these programs is vehemently opposed by the vast majority of the people who it affects. Irish hate speech is something like 79%. The Dutch farmers, massive blowout elections where the support of the farmers is upheld. And none of that matters to the people in charge as they impose their will on an unwilling populace. But we will go to Ukraine and risk World War III for the sake of so-called democracy. Again, we'll get into that. On the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. Corruption at the highest level is coming up next. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the Public Health Service at the time. 
And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular that ever happened. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsTour.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsTour.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Journal, our final story of our daily dispatch is this. Joe Biden, quote, engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national FBI internal document alleges President Joe Biden allegedly participated in a criminal scheme to exchange money for policy decisions, according to Senator Chuck Grassley and Representative James Comer, citing an internal FBI document that they say contains evidence of the alleged bribery which took place when Biden was vice president, saying, quote, we have received highly we have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures. That's the letter that was addressed to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray. It has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD 1023 form that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then Vice President Biden and foreign nationals relating to an exchange of money for policy decisions. And again, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But suffice it to say, I agree with whoever it was on Twitter that it's after this was posted, it was like, it seems like every day the GOP Twitter sphere is publishing some bombshell document showing incontrovertible proof of corruption at the highest level of the Democratic Party. Nothing ever happens, though. So so what's up with that? You know, kind of like one of our main stories will be the just absolute collapse at the southern border. That's not like it's not like there has to be any convincing about this. It's just it's just happening. Just look at the stats or look at the video of it taking place or just go and, you know, find the UN slash cartel programs that published literature showing exactly how the invasion is taking place, who's funding it, where they're going, where they're coming from. Like it's it's not like this is something that you have to investigate and try to get to the bottom. Like they're just doing it. They're just doing it. And nothing is being done about it. Every couple of weeks, they haul Andrew 
or whatever is now Alejandro Mayorkas up in front of the senator Congress and give him a a brutal tongue lashing. Oh, they wag their finger in great disappointment, and then it just continues. It just keeps happening. It just keeps going. So again, I'm sort of I'm just uh, sort of at a loss as to what to do at this point because the only thing we need is action. The only thing we need is for our elected representatives to actually take concrete, aggressive action against the embedded enemies of our country that are destroying us openly in the view of everybody. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to wrap your head around just how easy it would be to fix all of this. And we just can't do it. We just can't do it. We can't figure out how to do it, apparently. One of the biggest problems in all of this is illustrated incredibly well by this you know, 4chan post that Harder Reese just sent me. It's a post from Reddit of some liberal Democrat expressing how, you know, they, they have to get out of the city because the Democratic policies have made living in the city so unsafe. And yet they're going to continue voting Democrat. Let me just read it. This is the post from the Democrat it says, amen. As a Democrat, I worry about us allowing our cities to become wastelands of homeless drug addicts. I'm excited to move out to the suburbs because at least life will be pleasant out there, even if I have to live amongst the Republicans. I want to be able to go for a walk without fear of attack. Do Democrats only care about the rights of antisocial drug addicted transients? I'll never vote Republican, but I hate how us Dems don't have the courage to let the ends justify the means. That's similar to the video that I played a couple weeks ago of the San Francisco citizen just being like, this place used to be lovely. It was an image. It was an image. It was a image of what used to be a lovely place where families would go to have picnics where you could take your coffee break and sit on a nice bench and overlook a wonderful view of a beautiful city. And that was before. Now it's just a drug den. It's a homeless encampment and it's not just not pleasant to sit there it's dangerous actually there are no families anymore there are no you know people sitting outside and enjoying the nice weather and camaraderie of their fellow san franciscans it's it was just chaos and misery and filth and violence and the whole post ends with you know and this is we got to just keep voting dim you guys we got to just really get the the policies and the the help these people need and it's just like this is these these are the two groups that we're stuck between is the people in power who have all of the authority and all of the ability to solve these problems very simple solutions i mean nothing novel is necessary here humans have been protecting borders for as long as we've been around the police have been cleaning up the streets for as long as they've been around. None of this is difficult or hard. It's just about choices that are being made by the people in charge. The people in charge, even when they're, you know, the people they represent are demanding that something be done, they refuse to do anything. Whereas the other half is Democrats who 
can see perfectly. I mean, they're not confused about it. You see it there. They're just like Democrats only care about the worst people that are destroying our society, the drug-addled transients and the violent criminals. They recognize this, but they keep voting for them. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time a Democrat told me how vehemently they disagree with a core Democrat value, I would be a very rich man. It's like every single one of them. You're like, you know they're trying to kill babies at nine months, right? Like, you know the abortion push at this point. It's not safe, rare, you know, safe but rare. We want to protect the, the life of the baby and the – but hey, in some circumstances, no. It's like, you know, we love slaughtering babies. We're going to kill babies outside of the womb now. For a couple months after they're born, it will still be considered an abortion if they're smothered in their crib. And these are like on the books. These are just like actual laws that are being passed by Democrats. You can point that out to Democrats. They're like, well, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. Well, are you in favor of allowing your city streets to be overrun by homeless drug addicts? Well, I'm not in favor of that either. Okay, are you in favor of destroying the First Amendment, eliminating freedom of speech as memes are – being used to send people to jail for 10 years? Well, no, I'm not in favor of that either. Are you in favor of anything the Democrats are doing or are you just an absolute sucker that is just loves being tricked? Like, do you just love being tricked? Is that what it, do you really just, do you like get off on falling for the same con over and over again? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm not sure what your, what the uh, attraction is here. When it's so obvious that the Democrat policies are – they either work the way they're intended, which makes everything worse, or they fail completely and make everything worse. Everything just gets worse, and you people keep voting for them. So I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. And in response to this post, the person on 4chan says, you know, I recognize that my party doesn't have my best interests in mind. In fact, I can see that my party favors literal criminals over law-abiding citizens. I have to literally pack my crap up and move because my party ruined my home – I won't ever change the way I vote, though. Democracy was a mistake. What do you do to people who refuse to use their mind? Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular would ever happen. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. August 12, 
2023, Austin, Texas, one stage, one night, one chance, the American Liberty Awards live with guests like Alex Jones, Dr. Peter McCullough, Jimmy Levy, Owen Schroyer, Jim Hoff, Bryson Gray, Harrison Smith, Fortiano Blow, Greg Reese, and many more. Get your tickets now at VulcanATX.com, hosted by the legendary Rob Duke. The American Liberty Awards coming this August to Austin, Texas. If you're in town or if you can make it, VulcanATX.com. That posted on Twitter by Jason Lowe. Go retweet it, share. Hope to see you there. I'm excited. Oh, there's a lot of events happening this summer that I'm uh, very excited about as we move closer towards the 2024 election and hopefully kickstart a movement for liberty that has for the last several months been embroiled in just endless infighting and backbiting and undermining. It's time to get serious and take this war to the enemy. And of course you can support us in all of these endeavors by going to infowarsstore.com. Go there today to get Turbo Force Plus, the new and improved recipe for success and energy, clarity, and focus. Really, it it tastes great, and it's so very easy. Literally easier than going to the store and buying an energy drink that's filled with sugar and just uses a ton of caffeine to give you that short burst of energy. There's really, really powerful nootropics and other energy supplements. Gives you long-lasting, all-day energy. And it's as easy as putting sugar in your coffee. Oh, look at that. Survival Shield X3 is back. I know we had some callers that were very impatient waiting for Survival Shield X3 to come back. Well, here it is. It's back. Survival Shield X3, that is now 25% off. Let me see. You may, you may have missed the Turbo Force sale. Is Turbo Force still on sale? Ooh. You may, you may be regretting not taking advantage of that 25% off of Turbo Force. Plus, still well worth it at full price. But, of course, we always have massive discounts at InfoWars Store. Go there today to see what can help you be be performing at your top level. Now, again, we have a lot of just total insanity to talk about. Oh, it is still 25% off. All right, TurboForce Plus is still 25% off. But I guarantee you that won't last long because I doubt it's going to stay on the shelves for that long. So go today to get your Turbo Force Plus at 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. I think maybe we'll start today with a little, little activism. We're seeing this more and more, and I really hope we can contribute to the encouragement of this activity. And that is interrupting public events that the anti-human technocratic scumbags hold as they continue the charade that we live in a democracy or that they have our best interests in mind or that you know their plans have anything to do with climate change saving the world when it's obvious on its face that everything they do is in the pursuit of raw unfettered unchallenged power And this, again, sort of 
goes through all the stories that we're going to cover today because whether it's the Irish hate speech laws that are criminalizing not things you say or things you write but things that you think or ideas that you've written down for your own private consideration, literal thought crime laws or whether it's the Dutch expropriation of thousands of farms with apparently – strictures to prevent the farmers from ever farming again anywhere in the EU or whether it's the war in Ukraine and the hundreds of millions of dollars we routinely send them or whether it's I mean just anything that you point to none of it is popular with the democratic populace none of it is popular with the majority of the people all of it is opposed by the vast majority of people 15-minute cities, hate speech laws, farm appropriations, every single one of them have been put to a vote, and every single one of them have been defeated in those votes. And if they haven't been put to the votes, they've at least done very extensive surveys of the population. And in the case of the Irish speech laws, 79% of the population opposed them, but they got passed anyway. In the Netherlands, the Dutch farmers had an absolute landslide victory in very recent elections just one month ago, all centered around opposing this exact policy that's now being implemented anyway. It's just worth emphasizing this as we talk about the topic of the Ukraine war that is supposedly being fought to save our democracy. Illusion upon illusion. It is deception engulfed in deception it really is beyond description and one of the most glaring hypocrisies that the so-called free west has to contend with is the treatment of julian assange here some julian assange protesters disturbed a free press celebration with anthony blinken who by the way is uh it's looking like he's being exposed for the criminal that he is in various different ways. But let's go first to clip number four. Demonstrators disrupt Secretary Blinken's interview to call for Julian Assange's release on World Press Freedom Day. So here's Anthony Blinken talking in, in very well false terms about the importance of saving a journalist who's being unfairly imprisoned because he's being held by the Russians under claims of espionage. Who would do such a thing only to have that dissertation interrupted by Julian Assange protesters? Really illustrates just what a backwards world we're in. Uh, here's that video. Oh, that's a crazy video. <laughs> Not the one I pitched to. That's the Amazon uh, blimp. Clip number four should be dis- uh, demonstrators disrupt Secretary Blinken's interview call. Uh, we have a – all right, I'm going to mess that up when I was dropping in videos today. We'll find that video in just a second and, uh, and show it to you. But again, in the next segment, I guess we'll get into the Dutch farmer stuff. But again, we have the border absolute collapse. There's tons of very, very disturbing – in fact, maybe we'll get into that right now. We've got a couple minutes left here unless we can pull up uh, that video. Just tell me whenever – Y'all get it, or I'll do it during the break. But this is another, I mean, it could be something big, could be something huge, but is it, though? I mean, 
with the amount of evidence that we have from Anthony Blinken and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and just the overwhelming evidence of criminality at the top of our government, is this just adding to the pile? The story is at Zero Hedge. Joe Biden, quote, engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national in FBI internal document alleges. So this comes from a letter that was written to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray, authored by Senator Chuck Grassley and Representative James Comer of Kentucky. They say, quote, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD-1023 form that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that this document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Quote, we believe the FBI possesses an uh, unclassified internal document. That includes very serious and detailed allegations implicating the current president of the United States. No one is above the law, ladies and gentlemen, except for all of the Democrats, except for when this happens over and over again to the extent that you have during the 2016 election, the FBI director coming out and giving a, a press conference where he says, yes, Hillary Clinton has violated the law in numerous different ways for various nefarious purposes. But no, we will not be charging her. I mean, how many times do we have to catch these people red-handed before we cut their hands off, theoretically? But first, nobody rides for free. We can't stay on air. We can't pay for the massive servers. We can't pay for all the software and all the infrastructure and the satellite uplinks without your support. And I want to hire more reporters. I want to send them around the country and the world again. I don't want to just stay on air, which we've stabilized or able to do right now. I want to be able to expand. So I want to thank you all for keeping us on air. I want to thank you for your prayers, your word of mouth. It's an information war. And I want to encourage you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the very best products. TurboForce Plus is new and improved even better. 10 hours clean energy, TurboForce Plus, now in a canister, stronger, and even more product. InfoWarsStore.com, back in stock. Ultimate Bone Prof, sold out for over two years. Just going to get the ingredients. We got it reformulated even better. Infowarsstore.com. We're selling out right now the first run of Diet Force. A bunch of natural compounds help you lose weight. Naturally, it's so easy. Diet Force, Infowarsstore.com. 1776 testosterone boost. Infowarsstore.com. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities, they ran full page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions and coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
right, here it is, folks, that video of Secretary Anthony Blinken, his interview about how important it is to not arrest journalists like Big Bad Russia does. That interview is interrupted by protesters demanding the release of Julian Assange. And then the interviewer just goes right back to the questioning. No sense of irony at all. It's really fascinating. Let's watch. In particular, I'm curious whether you've uh, been able to talk. Excuse us. We can't use this day without calling for the freedom of Julian Assange. The Biden administration. And they pull down the audio, of course. Kudos to the brave protesters with signs. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy, guys. Not one word about journalist Shereen Abdul-Akhli, who was murdered so, by the Israeli so, we're here to celebrate freedom of expression, and we just experienced it. Let me, let me continue, uh, uh, Mr. Secretary, to, to ask you about Evan Grishkovich and your efforts to get him free. Well, first- your efforts to get him free. So, again, kudos to those uh, protesters. Again, we're seeing more and more of this. At least once a week, there's a video of some... Uh, some figurehead of the regime doing some public event. It's always highly scripted, highly controlled, nothing but you know, friendly interviewers and a crowd with preordained questions. Uh, one of these events getting interrupted by protesters just shoving in their face the blatant world-ending hypocrisy. Just tossing a casual body. joke, yeah. What's that? Just tossing in a casual joke. Yeah, hey, we're here to celebrate uh, freedom of expression, which is uh, what we just saw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was freedom of expression. Uh, they are terrorists now, and they will be placed on an FBI watch list, and they may very well be dragged out of their bed in the middle of the night. Guns pointed at them and their children, but, you know, we just we have so much freedom of the press here. Freedom of the press and freedom of speech, it's a beautiful thing, except when they oppose our measures, in which case they are filled with hate for their own protection have to yeah. be removed from society. Their social credit score is just tanked. Yeah, absolutely tanked. That uh, video and story can be found at Infowars.com. Julian Assange supporters crash Secretary of State Blinken interview on World Press Freedom Day. They also, if you were listening closely, were drawing attention to Abu Akleh, a television correspondent with Al Jazeera. She'd been there for 25 years, who was killed by Israeli forces on May 11th as she was covering an Israeli military raid on a refugee camp in Jenin in north-occupied West Bank. Story from The Intercept, Israeli forces deliberately killed Shireen Abu Akleh. No apologies forthcoming forthcoming from that. No uh, international outrage from the murder of that journalist. It all depends on what's useful to those in power. It all depends on what they want to emphasize and what they want to cover up out of curiosity i was searching the name of the person that they were talking about the journalist who was has been arrested in russia he was a wall street journal yeah wall street journal reporter who's been arraigned on espionage charges the latest from that is that a judge has refused an appeal against the detention of evan gershkovich who stands accused of espionage, Wall Street Journal reporter Evan 
Gershkovich will remain under house arrest. The Moscow City Court ruled on Tuesday rejecting an appeal for his release by his legal team. The U.S. citizen is currently being held in, uh, for pretrial detention center in Moscow. The ruling comes as Gershkovich stands accused of espionage after the Russian security services said he was caught red-handed while attempting to obtain, quote, information amounting to a state secret about the activities of one of our enterprises of the military-industrial complex of Russia. The 31-year-old was detained on March 30th and later placed under arrest for two months pending trial. If convicted, Gershkovich faces up to 20 years behind bars. Man, that's it's almost as bad as posting a meme in America. I mean, that's almost as bad as posting a Facebook meme and getting 10 years here in America. Again, these people, I mean, it's it's like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I mean, they, they these people believe nothing. They, they just, they do not believe anything. They know you believe things. They know you're probably a good person. They know the American public widely believes in things like free speech and freedom of the press and these sort of words that they then take and deploy as weapons to destroy those very concepts in the most egregious deception the world has ever seen. And when it comes to the Biden administration, the deception is on a whole other level. It really is something to behold. We'll go to this video, clip number six. This is covering that story that I was just reading. FBI record allegedly reveals then VP Biden was engaged in criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national. Let's watch that. News from Washington involving President Biden, our senior national correspondent, Rich Edson, has got more about a document that a senator and the head of the Oversight Committee in the House are looking for. Rich? Hey, John, good afternoon. The House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says that he's issued a subpoena to the FBI in a letter that he and Senator Chuck Grassley have sent to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Wray. They write that a, quote, highly credible whistleblower says the Justice Department and FBI have a form that, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-President Biden and a former national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Now, Comer and Grassley provide no information on the identity of the whistleblower, what specifically they're alleging. In short, it's a subpoena for a document that an unidentified whistleblower says exists and shows illegal activity. It is unclear yet how the Justice Department will respond. We have reached out, John. Uh, all right. So we don't know what this scheme is, only that it's believed that the DOJ and the FBI have information about this scheme. Exactly. What these two Republicans are alleging is that there is a document that exists and they've gotten that information, they say, from a whistleblower, an unidentified whistleblower. So I, the you, document exists you get it. The Essentially, the FBI has investigated claims, found that there's substantial evidence for these claims that while as vice president, Biden accepted aid from foreign powers to use his position in the federal government to benefit them. And instead of doing anything about it, protecting the American people from the corruption at the highest level, they engage in the corruption themselves. 
The Oversight Committee has obtained thousands of pages of financial records related to the Biden family and their associates' business transactions. Recently, the committee revealed one deal that resulted in several members of the Biden family and their companies receiving over $1 million in more than 15 incremental payments from a Chinese company through a third party. That can be found at oversight.house.gov. Comer has issued a subpoena to Ray to appear before the Committee on Oversight and Accountability on May 10th at noon. But if we don't see action here, we will quickly – it's become apparent – we'll quickly be totally overwhelmed by the combined might of the deep state permanent bureaucracy and their enablers in the Democratic Party. Clip 15 is Senator Ron Johnson talking about catching Secretary Blinken in a bold-faced lie about this exact cooperation. Blinken that spearheaded, that initiated the massive fraud, that letter by 51 uh, former intelligence uh, officials that uh, uh, said that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information campaign. That letter was a U.S. information campaign in of itself that interfered in our election to a far greater extent than anything Russia ever could have accomplished in 2016 or 2020. So based on that information and now new emails that have surfaced, we went back into our transcripts uh, with our interview with uh, now Secretary of State Blinken. Now, remember, uh, he was Deputy Secretary of State under Obama. Uh, we certainly suspected that he knew about uh, Hunter's dealings with Burisma. Uh, there was a meeting scheduled between, between he and Hunter for, in May of 2015. This is a year after Hunter joined the board. Uh, that meeting was canceled because three days later, Bo Biden died. But they did have a luncheon meeting in July of 2015. So we wanted to talk to uh, Secretary Blinken uh, prior to the election, uh, prior to our issuing our report. We actually had an interview scheduled, but he canceled it. But after the election, once Biden won because of you know his massive fraud, uh, he agreed to sit down and be interviewed because he wanted to be Secretary of State. And he knew I'd be on Senate Foreign Relations and I'd be asking these questions in a confirmation hearing. So he wanted to, I guess, get it behind him. So we sat down and he, he, of course, said that the only thing he and Hunter Biden talked about in July was Bo Biden's death. We had no documentation. It's a very sad story. Couldn't really press him on that. But my investigators asked him, well, how did you communicate with uh, Hunter? I mean, phone calls, not many. Uh, what about emails and texts? Do you email and text him? And his answer was unequivocally said no. Now, again, man, as you said, why didn't you just say lies. I can't quite Lie read? after lie after lie. The Democrats in the deep state working together. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular that ever happen. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. 
something unique about being a, a Democrat in a Democrat-controlled society. Results, they just don't matter. It just doesn't matter to these people. It's, it's across the board on this, right? Like how many times have you seen some some organization, you know, bring in a, a leftist activist who imposes their policies, just ruins everything, and then gets promoted? It really is across the board. I mean, look at what's happening in Hollywood right now, as just time after time after time. They give some intellectual property to some director or producer that just utterly fails, just completely – I mean worse than you could possibly fail. I mean to, to destroy things like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and the Marvel Universe in like a couple years. I mean that's – it's like – I don't even understand how you do that without trying to do that. It would be like hard to make things that bad. But every single time this happens, I mean, they come out with some movie that loses $300 million. And as a response to that, they're given the rights of a billion-dollar project. And it's just like, how does this keep happening? So, again, it's not – or, you know, it's just – it's across the board. I mean, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well they do. It matters if they have the right ideas or maybe the right ethnicity. Like if they, if they express the right ideas, if they – you know, Gavin Newsom would be another example. We had a video in the, in the Substack in our Daily Dispatch earlier this week. We're just showing the hordes of homeless people in California, just a street just littered with you know, drugged out zombies, people who can barely keep their eyes open, can't stay on their feet and are just stumbling around. Hundreds, hundreds, dozens of them right on this block. And the label of this video was, you know, quotes from Gavin Newsom in 2003 and 2004 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. I mean, every year since 2003, Gavin Newsom has, you know, in his position said he's prioritizing the homeless crisis, right? He's going to solve the homeless crisis. Everything gets worse astronomically, and they keep voting for him, keep hiring him back. Like, it's just, it's weird how results don't matter. And this just came to my mind when I was. Just thought I'd go back and look through Anthony Blinken's long and storied career of, again, just relentless failure and relentless promotion. Because, again, if you, if you want to play Wikipedia hopscotch, Anthony Blinken's a great one to start with. One of the first links you'd find would be Center for Strategic and International Studies, which, of course, came up earlier this week when we were talking about the Jeffrey Epstein scandal and some of the people involved in that and how they all had important positions at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. He advocated for the 2003 invasion of Iraq while just, uh, serving as Democratic staff director of the Senate Foreign Relationships uh, Foreign Relations Committee. He was foreign policy advisor for Joe Biden's 2008 presidential campaign before serving in the Biden-Obama presidential transition. He, of course, is a co-founder of West Exec Advisors, which is the corporation that operates a shadow government uh, just across the street from the White House that has provided the majority of the people in President Biden's cabinet at this point. 
went to Columbia and Harvard, of course, a, a long list of academic accolades as he was recruited from those schools, probably into the CIA or whatever intelligence agency is currently you know, pulling the strings behind the, um, the Biden operation. He's been with Biden for the last several decades. He's, he's Biden's fixer. He's Biden's handler, essentially. We'll go through some of his unrelenting failures the last several years that haven't just resulted in embarrassment or you know bad media stories, but have in fact killed hundreds of thousands of people. Talk about failure. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. I mean, how many people can boast a CV like like Anthony Blinken? Not a lot. Not a lot of them. But hey, he was sort of set up for success. After all, his family's been. Intimately tied in with the U.S. government for decades at this point. Anthony Blinken's uncle, Alan Blinken, was the UN or the U.S. ambassador to Belgium. His other uncle, Donald Blinken, was the ambassador to Hungary. His stepfather was in the uh, American foreign policy realm under John F. Kennedy. In the 1960s, you know, long line of appointments throughout his family to political power. See, nobody ever voted for this guy, right? No, no American citizen ever went to the polls and cast a vote for Anthony Blinken. He was confirmed by the Senate. But none of these people, I mean, you know, you take a list of the people that are actually behind all of the programs that have brought us to the brink of World War III that have destroyed nations around the globe. I mean, none of them were ever actually voted for by the American people, and most of their activity is gleefully covered up by the mainstream media. So whether it's Victoria Newland or Jake Sullivan or Avril Haines or Anthony Blinken, these people just get appointed. They start wars. They control the CIA, and just weaponize it against the American people, fail in every regard, and then get promoted to some higher position. From 2009 to 2013, Blinken was deputy assistant to the president and national security advisor to vice president. He helped to craft U.S. policy on, Afga- on Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the nuclear program of Iran. Blinken was sworn, as, sworn in as deputy national security advisor, succeeding Dennis McDonough, on January 20th, 2013, on November 7th, 2014, Obama announced that he would nominate Blinken for deputy secretary of post, replacing the retiring William J. Burns, who, of course, is now the head of the CIA and was recently revealed to be a good friend of Jeffrey Epstein in the latest Wall Street Journal publications of his information. So, again, it's just this is the this is the sordid contacts that make up the highest levels of our government. A 2013 profile described Blinken as one of the government's key players in drafting Syria policy. That may be the biggest 
foreign policy failure in recent history. Though it hasn't been quite as damaging, it has been one of the few that just flamed out completely, failed to achieve any of its goals, failed to even express what those goals might be. I mean just attempting to overthrow a foreign leader for no given reason at the behest of Israel. Like it's just okay. Blinken was the head architect of that. Blinken was influential in formulating the Obama administration's response to the annex of Crimea by the Russian Federation in the aftermath of the 2014 Ukrainian revolution. Blinken supported the 2011 military intervention in Libya and the supply of weapons to Syrian rebels, a.k.a. ISIS. He condemned the 2016 Turkish coup d'etat attempt. Blinken voiced support for the Syrian uh, Saudi Arabian-led intervention in Yemen. So as part of that effort, we have expelled uh, – Expedited weapon deliveries, increased our intelligence sharing, and established joint coordination plan. He worked with the with Biden on requests for American money to replenish Israel's arsenal of Iron Dome interceptor missiles. So again, you just this is just what these guys do, right? Their families have been in American politics, being appointed to high level ambassadorships or other decision decision making positions. For 40, 50 years, and the scion of this bloodline gets into power and helps to create quagmire after quagmire, war after war, Yemen, Libya, Syria, I mean Afghanistan, Iraq, increasingly conflict with Iran looks like it's about to boil over into a you know true – hot head-to-head conflict with America. I mean, these people, man, these infiltrators, these subversives, these tyrants, it really is beyond description. They just keep going, just keep going, keep going. And then, of course, you have West Exec, which we've talked about quite extensively. Essentially, you had... The Obama administration, which was, of course, a creation of the intelligence agencies, as his mother was a recruiter and uh, operative for the CIA. And uh, so you've got the Obama administration that's got all these people, including Anthony Blinken, who prior to that had worked as the not chief of staff, but some other high level position uh, for Joe Biden while he was senator. All right, so he's been he's been Biden's shadow for a while. He's been the the string puller behind Biden for uh, quite some time. But when they unexpectedly lost the office, right? So you had the Obama administration, which was essentially a CIA operation, as I've said, and then you have Hillary Clinton, who, of course, since the time that before Bill Clinton was in Arkansas, has been extremely useful to the CIA. In their various positions, when she failed to get elected in 2016, unexpectedly, uh, they had to come up with a alternative method to maintain control. What they decided to do was, at least in some part, found West Exec advisors. So in 2017, right? So they're, he's in he's in power and in office until 2016. 2016, the unexpected election happens. And so in 2017, they enact Plan B, which is to found West Exec Advisors, political strategy advising firm with Michelle Flournoy, Sergio Aguirre, and Nitin Chada, 
West exec clients have included Google's Jigsaw, Israeli intelligence, artificial intelligence company Winward, surveillance drone manufacturer Shield AI, which signed a $7.2 million contract with the Air Force, and, quote, Fortune 100 types, according to foreign policy. The firm's clientele includes, quote, the defense industry, private equity firms, and hedge funds. Blinken received almost $1.2 million in compensation from West Exec. They've, compared, they've been compared to Kissinger Associates, but it's more than that as they literally bought a building directly across the street from the White House and Jen Psaki and Anthony Blinken and various other stowaways from the Obama administration just set up a shadow government alternative White House directly across the street from which they directed a lot of the subversion that took place during the Trump administration, placing people in positions of power who Donald Trump thought he could trust but were in fact taking orders from the real government of America, which is not elected by the people but is in fact a shadow nobility that pulls the strings without having to ever answer for their decisions. And again, you can just – I mean you just click around these things. Center for New American Security, West Exec Advisors, uh, you know, Michelle uh, Michelle Flournoy was the co-founder of West Exec with Anthony Blinken. Uh, She was one of the leaders in keeping us in Afghanistan for 20 years and intervening in Libya. And then, of course, they go on to found companies that work intimately with the military-industrial complex – and, you know, Israeli AI companies and Google's jigsaw program as they wield power in both the corporate and political world. Again, despite their just about every action going completely against the stated desires of the vast majority of actual American citizens. It's just Again, how do, you, how do you even deal with this? I, lo- I love stories like this. Uh, and you know, I think these people are, are sort of getting shook at this point because not only do you have these investigations that are sort of unraveling all the corruption that they've been involved in for so long, but you have China doing some unexpected usurpation of American power overseas and now things like UN envoy urges Yemen rivals to take bold steps to end conflict. That's the wars that we've been fostering this entire time now they're very interested there is a war on for your mind your mind is a battlefield this is an information war Infowars popularized those terms more than two decades ago and today whether it's donald trump or governor DeSantis or dr robert malone they're all using the terms that Infowars has popularized because we understand the enemy's operations and we know how to beat them but we can't do it without funding, and we make it easy to fund with great products that empower you and your immune system and your family as well. You can also make straight donations at InfoWarsStore.com, clicking on the big red banner, a one-time or recurring. But I'm asking you to take action. We're nonviolent, but every time you donate money, every time you buy products, every time you keep us on air, you are literally nonviolently, politically, punching the new world order in the nose, punching their lies in the nose. We are going to defeat the New World Order. We're going over the top, but right now is a critical juncture. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com and donate now. Donate now. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere. 
to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, we are awaiting a verdict. should come any minute now from the Proud Boys trial. Joe Biggs. others. We'll bring you that news as soon as it drops, keeping an eye on the uh, courtroom as we speak. So stay tuned. As soon as that drops, we will bring you that information and, of course, react to it. But in the meantime, again, it this is one of those situations where, like, it's so far beyond description. It's so outrageous that not just the fact it's happening, that nothing's being done about it. I mean, I guess I should get used to it since we live in a world where people literally don't know the difference between men and women. Like, you know, you just think about bringing somebody from the past or an alien landing on earth and and trying to explain to them the modern world. And they legitimately would not believe you. They would think you're joking. Like it's beyond... It's beyond any of the dystopian fever dreams of Orwell or Huxley or anybody of the sort who still thought that there would be some shred of human intelligence to, to contend with and have to deal with through you know, brutal repression on the side of Orwell or on you know, really sophisticated drugging on behalf of uh, Huxley and I mean maybe there's a combination of that going on in more subtle ways in America these days but when it comes to the border it's not just something new for America like this is new in in all of human history the fact that you have a first world advanced country that just refuses to protect its border and you have American citizens Suffering the consequences of it, untold, like really unimaginable consequences. When you really start to unpack the amount of money and time and resources that are dedicated to this issue, which shouldn't be an issue. I mean, again, it's just, it's just beyond description. It just makes no sense at all. Why nothing is being done about this? And of course the double-edged sword of it all is if it was legal, probably the people of Texas would just stop it themselves. Like we don't even need the government to do this necessarily. 
But if you try, see what happens. Government will attack you with so much more ferocity than they've ever tried to stop the invasion from taking place. I mean, it's just it, – again, it's, it is beyond description. And now we're waiting for the floodgates to open. Like this is before any restriction of Title 42. This is before the flood. This is before the deluge. This is before the real ramping up of the crisis. We've been in this crisis for years at this point since Biden got into office. A greater population of illegals have crossed the border than the population of the city of New York. It's – we're just committing suicide as a nation, and even CNN is flabbergasted at how overrun El Paso is. And again, we're still waiting on the lifting of Title 42. CNN reports, which means it's probably a grossly underestimated number, 40,000 people just waiting for the green light to storm across the border. Let's go to that CNN report. Here's CNN, like really incapable of, of portraying what's going on as anything other than an absolute civilization-destroying catastrophe. Let's watch. It's difficult to describe, Jim, with words, so I want to walk so you can walk with me and just see the magnitude of the number of individuals who are around this church here, just just streets from downtown El Paso. A lot of these individuals you'll see are males, adult males. A lot of the women oh, with children are actually in shelters. And yeah, there are lots of, of women and children. You just can't Paso, see them. You mentioned the city of El Paso under a state of emergency. They declared a disaster. Uh, because of the influx, because they know that once Title 42 lifts, that there is going to be a greater influx of migrants. But here's the thing. So process this with me. Title 42 allows immigration agents to swiftly return migrants back to Mexico. So the obvious question as you look around is then why are there so many migrants if the federal government is actually implementing this Title 42? Then why are there so many migrants out here? Well, here's what we know. From talking to migrants and community leaders and officials on both sides of the border, I can tell you that thousands of migrants, nearly 40,000, are in at least four northern Mexican cities, and frustration is boiling over. A lot of them are deciding to cross the border. That's why you see so many out here. Some of them are turning themselves in to border authorities, Jim. Others are deciding to cross the border illegally because they've lost patience. Every single one of the people that you saw in that video was an adult male. Every single one of them looked healthy, nice clothes. They're all on phones. I mean, this is just an invasion. They can, they can scream asylum all they want. It, it, does, it doesn't matter. They're invading our country with tens of thousands of military-aged, fit, perfectly capable men from all over the world, tens of thousands of them from China being sent here by the Chinese government who are paying their way to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars to the Mexican cartels to bring them over. I mean this is just a full-on invasion. It is being carried out by the UN, by NGOs, by the American government itself. The number of whistleblowers that have come out talking about the children that are crossing the border – Some of them 
carrying in their bodies the evidence of dozens of sexual assaults on the way to the border. Just the victimization is overwhelming. Now they're sending 1,500 troops to El Paso, which just begs a, a number of different questions. As Peter Ducey asked Kareen uh, Jean-Pierre during a press briefing on Tuesday, uh, if the border is so secure and you keep telling us it's secure, why are you sending troops there? They're just like, there's more that can be done. There's nothing being done right now. I mean, it's just, again, it's like uh, the people in power in America are actively at war with America. There's no other way to put it. The fact that we have to rely on Title 42 in the first place is absurd beyond belief. I mean, this is a COVID restriction. We, We have to use COVID as an excuse to protect our border. And then as you see in that video, nothing is being actually protected now there's 1500 soldiers who are going there to make sure all of the processes are or all of the claims are processed in a timely manner to make sure they fit as many immigrants onto the bus and onto the airplane to make sure that the handing out of envelopes of cash and maps of where to go are carried out in a coordinated fashion it's not 40,000 it's many many more that are because they're not asylum seekers just waiting on the other side of the border for the political situation to be more convenient for their invasion. It's an existential crisis for our country. It's being carried out by the traitors in our own government. Turbo Force is back, sold out for eight months, and it's Turbo Force Plus. We made it even stronger, the strongest long-term energy you're going to find anywhere. Turbo Force is back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. It's not just wide-spectrum natural herbs that time release over 10 hours. should be called 10-hour energy. It has a bunch of vitamins and minerals and a bunch of other key things and amino acids that turbocharge everything and are good for your heart, your brain, your liver, you name it. it. It is the super fuel Brainforce Plus is great. Brainforce Ultra is great. They're two different nootropics. They go good with this. But this is the King Kong. This is the boss. Turbo Force, back in stock, discounted. InfoWarsStore.com. More power, more strength, more energy. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, folks, welcome back. We'll be joined in the third hour by Taylor Hansen. Detail what he's discovered in his time investigating all ages drag shows. He's just seen the worst of the worst of our society. Excited to talk to him about that. But again, it's just a, a litany of madness that we're covering on today's show everyday show really hope you can support us in this mission to provide some semblance of truth and light in a world just blinded by deception and and stupidity it's the only way i can explain it it's one of those i think it's really a 
a deadly combination of both. You can support us in this mission by going to InfoWarsStore.com. TurboForce Plus is still 25% off, but X3 is back in stock, and that's now 25% off. So make sure to stock up on that since you know it sells out quickly. And once it's gone, you are going to miss it. So make sure to stock up, keep your supply in hand. I was getting 40% off. Is that the Real Red Pill Plus? So just massive discounts across the board there at InfoWarsStore.com. And again, what we'll talk about as we await uh, the verdict in the Proud Boys trial is the fact that all of this was imminently predictable and to really take it all in in total, I mean, it's just, it's impossible to even conceive of just how doomed America seems at this point. And we're making the choice to be doomed. We're, we're headed towards the cliff, but we don't have to press the accelerator. We don't have to keep the wheel straight and foot off the brake. We could solve any of this anytime. Just the problem is that we are infested and invaded by people who are not even shy about their desire to see America collapse, whether it's just the open border, the attacks on free speech, the attacks on lawful protest, the cherry-picking of prosecutions when it comes to criminal justice. And a lot of this, almost all of it, is being coordinated by massive international think tanks and non-governmental organizations and corporate conglomerates. That again are not like none of this is speculation. It's all out there. It's all completely in the open. The great consolidation, the great reset, moving America away from free market capitalism and towards so-called stakeholder capitalism, which is just a fancy word for international fascism. That is the partnership of corporate and governmental authority working hand in hand carry out the interest of international bankers and run roughshod over the desires of people who founded the civilizations they now inhabit. While we wait for the verdict to come out, give you a little rundown as to what's going on here. Of course, this is from CBS News, so truth mixed with defamation. Partial verdict reached in Proud Boys' seditious conspiracy trial. The jury has reached a partial verdict in the high-profile trial of Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio and four subordinates who were charged with seditious conspiracy and several felony counts in their alleged roles in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, a.k.a. the riot that got out of control for two hours or so, one afternoon. If convicted, they could face a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. The partial verdict has been delivered to the judge. It's expected to be read by Judge Timothy Kelly any minute now. Prosecutors argued that the defendants had conspired to unlawfully use force and the crowds gathered in Washington, D.C. to keep former President Donald Trump in office. Enrique Tarrio 
wasn't even in January 6th at the time. Sort of insane. I mean, clearly no... I mean, no evidence can possibly exist of this charge. Seditious conspiracy to keep Trump in office. By what? Walking through the Capitol? People being charged with seditious conspiracy over what clearly was a a massive protest that got a little bit out of control, and now they're charging people that weren't even in the city with seditious conspiracy over it? Again, folks, I mean, whether it's the border or free speech, the right to protest, I mean, maybe this is another thing that people forget what the year leading up to January 6th was like. How you had every single night mainstream media pundits justifying violence, justifying burning down buildings, saying the riot is the language of the unheard. I, I guess I guess the January sixth protesters were just, they were just so they're stupid for believing the things that these people said. You had an entire year of Black Lives Matter and leftist Soros organized brown shirts basically burning entire cities killing dozens of people the response to that was ubiquitous was always exactly the same it was appreciation for and submission to the demands of the rioters for the entire year the entire year, they'd burn down an auto shop or burn down some library or loot a museum and destroy the priceless artifacts from the Civil War or tear down statues in a violent mob or smash innocent people in the face with wooden blocks when they're trying to protect their own stores. And the response every single time from the government was to kneel before the protesters, was to celebrate them, tell them how brave they were. And the whole time, the Trump supporters, while advocating for some sort of federal response, since a lot of this was being done with the permission of the state, and any of the people that did get arrested, you know, the people that were really outrageously violent, the people that just like smashed cops in the face with a brick and got arrested, they were out the next day. They were rioting the next day because of the system of NGOs and courtesy lawyers that were lined up to work hand-in-hand with the local judicial system to make sure they're released either out on bail or get their charges dropped to be out again. So for a whole year, Trump supporters endured this outrage after outrage after outrage while being locked down, while having their small businesses destroyed, while having their communities abolished, while their children had masks tied to their faces – and were forced to stay home and isolated during the most important developmental years of their lives, sat and endured this knowing that all of this was the petulant outrage of people who would be defeated in the election. We just, you know, we sat by, we endured it, we criticized the response, we obviously talked about it a lot, but there's no retaliation 
There was no vigilanteism. Because we, we always had the ballot box. We always had the system that had worked for us four years before that had empowered Donald Trump to make major changes. And then that was taken away. And then we watched in real time as vote counting centers turned off the lights and to turn them back on hours later and report that hundreds of thousands of ballots had been delivered for Biden and not a single one for Trump. So for the first time, Republicans decided to do a little protesting themselves. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. Why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. But first, nobody rides for free. We can't stay on air. We can't pay for the massive servers. We can't pay for all the software and all the infrastructure and the satellite uplinks without your support. And I want to hire more reporters. I want to send them around the country and the world again. I don't want to just stay on air, which we've stabilized or able to do right now. I want to be able to expand. So I want to thank you all for keeping us on air. I want to thank you for your prayers, your word of mouth. It's an information war. And I want to encourage you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the very best products. Turbo Force Plus is new and improved, even better. 10 hours clean energy, Turbo Force Plus, now in a canister, stronger and even more product. InfoWarsStore.com, back in stock. Ultimate Bone Prof, sold out for over two years. Just going to get the ingredients. We got it reformulated even better. InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out right now the first run of Diet Force. A bunch of natural compounds help you lose weight. Naturally, it's so easy. Diet Force, InfoWarsStore.com. 1776 testosterone boost. InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Let's talk about what's happening in the Netherlands right now. Try to cover in this uh, in a way that is all-encompassing. The latest is this from Breitbart. EU backs Dutch scheme to forcibly shut down thousands of farms, ban farmers from returning to agriculture forever. The European Commission in Brussels has backed a scheme by the globalist government of Prime Minister Mark Root 
in the Netherlands that would see thousands of farms shut down in order to comply with EU climate goals. On Tuesday, the governing arm of the European Union officially threw its support behind plans by the Dutch government to buy out thousands of farmers from their lands in order to meet EU's Natura 2000 scheme to protect certain environments. The plan which would offer farmers 120% of their value for their farm, could see some 3,000 so-called peak emitters of nitrogen shut down. It was unclear before this week whether the EU would permit such a scheme as it could have potentially fallen afoul of regulations surrounding state aid or subsidies. However, Brussels said that they were necessary and appropriate as they met the broader goals of the European Green Deal. Now, one of the things that you'll have noticed from the video that we played at the beginning of the show yesterday, or if you've watched any coverage of world, the World Economic Forum, Davos, the Global Government Initiative, like any of these places, the term crisis is perhaps overused a bit. The term they use now is polycrisis. In other words, all these various crises that are all crises that are all interacting and, and intersecting with each other. It's a climate change crisis, but the fear of climate change is causing a mental illness crisis and the food crisis and the migration crisis. I mean all of these things, they're all crises and of course the word crisis is very useful because what it represents in its appropriate usage is an extraordinary circumstance in which uh, – um, how would you put it? Caution has to give way to expediency. We don't have time to worry. You don't have time to worry about sorting your record collection when the house is burning down. You just got to throw water on all of it. Oh, but it'll hurt my records. Well, we got to put the fire out first, right? That's a crisis. So if it's a crisis, if there's a food security crisis, oh, we can't worry about the problems, the, the implications of the policies that we're implementing. We got to implement them because it's a crisis after all. But even looking at what's happening in the Netherlands in those terms should make you scratch your head. After all, this is one of the primary, perhaps the most – I mean climate change was number one. and Right behind that was food security. These are the crises that the World Economic Forum is reorganizing society in order to deal with. And yet they are forcibly destroying thousands of farms in the number two food exporter in the world. That doesn't comport. That doesn't make any sense. Is that hard to understand for anybody? We're having a food security crisis, so we're going to eliminate the agricultural industry of the number two exporter of food in the world? It's all just, it's all just mind games and bullcrap because we know what they're really doing. What they're really doing is what we're seeing here in America and what you're seeing across Europe. It's the takedown. It's the globalist war on freedom, on individuality, on the nation state, on white people in particular. It's not – again, it's uh, – it's, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to apologize because I it's – just, it's just impossible to describe all of this. I know people are probably sick of me hearing like, ah, oh, it's so much that I can't describe. But like – as soon as you start thinking about one thing, a million other things come up. I mean they start wars that create a migrant crisis. They open the borders in Europe. They say it's an emergency. It's, it's a migrant crisis because of the wars that they started. So they bring in a population of many, many millions. The people in the countries don't want it, but 
This is a democracy after all. It's not about what the people want. It's about what the globalist controllers want. It's exactly the same program that's now being run in America, which maybe strike you as suspicious, as the one in Europe was justified by a massive war, multiple massive wars in the Middle East, while there is no massive war to our south, and yet the exact same programs are being implemented here to flood our borders with immigrants in the same way they were flooded into Europe. I mean, France now is in absolute chaos, massive uprisings and violence and riots going on there. Earlier this week, we have a video of of one of the biggest. Because, of course, all of these migrants that were brought in, they said we have to bring them in, not only because they're asylum seekers, these poor, these poor, innocent, violent, adult-aged males that we're allowing in, who every time they're on video, it seems, is dragging a finger across their throat and bragging about how they're taking over Europe. We have to let them in because the social security system that we established that is a Ponzi scheme relies on an ever-growing and ever-expanding population that is not being achieved because of the anti-human, anti-family, anti-child policies they've implemented. So, I mean, that's the thing. That's why it's so hard to, to wrap your mind around this. They – and so they bring in all of these migrants – to to uphold and prop up the social security ponzi scheme that they have running and then none of the migrants work they all go on welfare bankrupt the government so the government tells you you can't retire for two more years they bring them in to cover the expenses for retirement then none of them work they all go on welfare and now you not only don't have a solvent social security system you have to work even longer you may never even be able to retire in the first place so it's like they create the system that requires massive and endless and infinite growth. They then implement policies that restrict and eliminate that growth. They then start the wars that cause the migrations that they bring in to cover up the system that they create. I mean it's just – it's beyond description. Every excuse they use is, is a lie, is just an obvious cover-up for what their real intentions are, which is the – Invasion, destruction of the nation state in favor of a global government that's unquestioned, unquestionable, unelected, corporate, unified, global fascism. I mean it's, it's right there in front of your face. It, it really is beyond description. Should the plan go ahead, it would not only be a major blow for the farming industry of the Netherlands, which is one of the most productive in Europe, but could potentially impact other nations as well, given the part that part of the condition of the buyout scheme is that the Dutch farmers would be prohibited from moving to other countries and starting up farms abroad, meaning their knowledge and expertise would be squandered. What is even the justification for that? What could possibly be the justification for that? I mean, even if you believe they're just utterly false claims about wanting to stop nitrogen or CO2 or whatever excuse they're slapping on this tyrannical and suicidal program. Why would you stop them from going somewhere else and starting a farm? It's just, it's just an attack. Like, I, it's really not that hard to understand. It's that hard to wrap your mind around because the evil that we're dealing with is so blatant, so obvious, so in your face, and yet they're getting away with it. It's hard to even quantify, but it's not, it's not a particularly sophisticated scheme like punching somebody in the face is not a particularly sophisticated strategy. It's just – it's blatant. It's brutal. It's forceful, but it's not like you have to have a high IQ to understand what's going on here. 
In March of this year, EU told Dutch government to double down on forced farm closures to gain more flexibility on green regulations. So again, this is all just international chess gaming. The European Union has been accused of meddling in domestic Dutch politics after it was revealed that an unelected Eurocrat advised the root government to push forward on plans to enact forced buyouts of farmers in exchange for more flexibility from the bloc on regulations. So again, as we as we go to war with Russia over Ukraine, over so-called democracy, which in and of itself is drastically exacerbating the food crisis that the World Economic Forum wants you to be so concerned about while also being the number one contributor to the crisis existing in the first place. Supposedly over democracy, which doesn't exist as you have unelected bureaucrats in different countries influencing and leaning on your government to abuse your citizens and eliminate their livelihood. It just goes on and on. Dutch announced forced buyouts of farms to cut emissions. And of course, this is the way the way that this is reported by NBC News is how Dutch farmers became the center of a global right wing culture war. Because, of course, the media is in on all of this. So we started it, apparently. It's our culture war. It's, the, it's a right wing culture war. When an international coalition forces a national government to go against their own people, to go against the results of a parliamentary election that was held just a month ago to force farmer buyouts and destroy the livelihoods of thousands of their citizens. And if you react to that, if you respond to that, if you raise your hand and say, I don't like this or protest this, it's your fault. You are now a right-wing extremist in the mind of the media. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself, the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.